The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. everyone welcome to no credentials required where you don't need a press pass to talk sports we are presented by belly up sports in association with godzilla media thank you for watching if you're watching live thank you for watching if you're watching on replay also thank you for watching and to my right you're saying to yourself that's not dustin <laughs> no i'm sure not no, no it is definitely not dustin dustin is off tonight but i had to call in a pitch hitter a, a man who believes that john wooden stole the pyramid of success from juan swanson we've got brent from the 1420 podcast brent how are you doing tonight bud i'm doing really good ryan good to see you again good to see you too i was on brent's podcast this week this past weekend we talked a myriad of topics including the uh, arizona coyotes and the oakland a's so after the show check that podcast out brent puts a Brent puts on a great production. Uh, he's joining us all the way from uh, from Canada, aren't you, aren't you, Brent? Beautiful Lethbridge, Alberta, about to two hours south of Calgary, just north of the Montana uh, Montana border. The to our that's our friends to the south. So that's uh, my close affiliation to the United States right now. So that's where I am, sitting right here, having a good night talking to you. And above all, he's a Yankees fan, so we know he's he's good company. All people, people just tuned out, see they they stay tuned in to not to see all this Yankee stuff behind me. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, they stick around for a good laugh and a chuckle and uh, talk some sports. Oh yeah, we're gonna have a great discussion tonight. Before we go into the discussion, though, I just want to remind you about our social media channels, which are right down below here on Twitter, Instagram, and the scarcely used TikTok. It's at NoCredsReq. Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsReq. On YouTube, it's youtube.com forward slash at no creds req and if you're watching on facebook or on on youtube give us a like and smash that like button smash responsibly we're also on if you're listening on the audio side we're in a myriad of podcast platforms including apple Podcasts, spotify spreaker google play iHeartMedia. tune in wherever you podcast give us a subscription rate and review five stars is always the appropriate number of stars to rate and leave a review we might even we might even we might even preview uh, re- read your review on the show, and uh, Brent, we have a special uh, tone for uh, since this is an engage engager a listener and watcher engager uh, engagement show. Uh, we want to hear your comments, so we play this beautiful beautiful bean music. I just want to play it for you. I, it'll set your mind at ease. I promise you. There we go. That's right, folks. Get that algorithm up. We want your algorithmic engagement comments. Leave them here, whether you're watching on replay or you're watching live. It's a fun time. Ryan, that's almost like the the more you know sound that's coming across the, the airwaves there. So <laughs> it might be, hopefully the, the comments are making us make us a little more smarter. And the, the more you know might come across not only between our ears, but in the comment section as well. Co- copyright, Brent. Copyright. There you go. <laughs> you know how it goes. A little bit. So to, on tonight's docket, we're going to talk the New York Yankees. We're going to talk the Stanley Cup final. We're also going to talk a little Canadian Football League since Brent is from Canada. But first, we want to start off our show with the Yankees and it wasn't a great weekend for the New York Yankees. They lost the the Yankees lost two of three against their heated rivals, the Boston Red Sox. 
they've been kind of their offense has been kind of missing since Aaron Judge went on the instant went on the IL uh, with that broken toe he suffered in the Dodgers series, uh, which was he had a great catch, but unfortunately he broke his toe in the process, and he's been in the he's been in the IL a couple times this year. So, and then but if you look into it a lot more, it seems like this offense has no has no giddy up without Aaron judge, which brings me to the question uh, to you, to you, Brent, are the Yankees doomed without Aaron judge or is this just an anomaly? No, I, I don't think it's an, an anomaly at all. It actually, it t- kind of, uh, you look back to the, uh, that anonymous tweet or not, I don't want to, cause I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but that uh, tweet that came out for arson judge going to San Francisco giants, uh, back in November, this would have been the Yankee team that everybody would have saw this season entirely. Uh, this, this offense is nothing without Aaron judge. Yeah. You, you have, uh, Anthony Rizzo's a little nicked up right now. He's playing through a, a little neck injury, but without judge in that lineup, they seem to be pitching around everybody. And, uh, he's a, He's had a before he went on the IL again with this toe or whatever it might be because it's if it was broken we'd have a bit more of a an understanding of what it might be and how long he might be out. But you have a guy that uh, was having numbers uh, just as good or better, and he put it for his MVP season last year, the season that he bet on, on himself to get that forty million bucks a year. And now you have a guy doesn't know when when he's coming back, and this lineup that's been put together, uh, Sans Judge. You could say it was Arson Judge in the lineup instead. It's not good right now for the Yankees. And I, I, I don't want to say doomed, but it's uh, it ain't good. It ain't good at no, all. Like it's, it's, it's not, not good it's, at all. Like no. you, you might be able to get a guy who might be able to run into one here and there. You might see a Gliber Torres, who I'm extremely frustrated with, might get get hot a little bit. You might see DJ LeMahieu get hot. But the chances of all these guys getting hot at once and being able to match the the numbers that uh, Judge puts up on a daily basis, and then being able to, to have get Judge on base and being able to pitch around him and everything else, uh, they're in trouble without Aaron Judge. There's no getting around that. No, I'm absolutely. I'm I, I'm trying to remember the record without Aaron Judge in the lineup. I believe they're they're definitely under 500 without Aaron Judge. He is the driver of this of this Yankee offense. He's the guy who his bat has been the most consistent throughout the year so far. And yeah, Glimmer Torres was was a problem, especially last night in that in that uh, in that Red Sox game that led them to that led the Red Sox to tie the tie the game and then win it in ten. There's got to be a better strategy that uh, Aaron Boone can use when Aaron Judge is not in the lineup. I understand he likes to mash the ball. I understand he likes to use analytics. Dustin and I jokingly call him Boone GPT because we joke we jokingly think he's an actually he's actually an AI. Uh, he's actually an AI program, not a manager. So there's got to be some sort of strategy that he can implement when judge is not in the lineup. They got to use some, I just think they got to use some small ball. They can't rely on the big, the, the big home run every single time. Do you agree with that statement? I 100% agree with you. You look at a team like the Texas Rangers who has a high batting average right now. They're leading the National League in batting or the American League in batting average. They're they're having a heck of a season in the American League West and they're and they're they're putting everything together and they're at the right time. Yeah, it's it's I don't want to say it's not even early anymore. You're over a third of the season done, but the 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 Yankees seem to be sticking with and I don't put this on Boone so much. I put this on Cashman and, and his analytics guys that you have a, a you, they have a game plan they went into the season with. They said, "Well, if we get guys on 
on base, the old the, the get guys on base, get guys on base. Well, that doesn't seem to be working as much as it used to because now with the the rule changes and the shift, how it's been banned, you can you can kind of hit hit around things a little bit. You can get guys running a little bit, and like you said, a little bit of small ball. But when you have guys who are getting paid, a la Josh Donaldson, Anthony Rizzo, who doesn't mind uh, hitting it uh, a little bit, but you you have. Uh, uh, John Carlos Stanton, who I there's an anomaly. What, the, what the, how they even pay that guy? Um, I I find it astonishing that oh they haven't been able to have they haven't been able to switch their their thought process a little bit and do something a little bit different because right now what they're doing isn't working and it could get to a situation where they're fighting for the third wild card spot because the Baltimore Orioles don't seem to be letting up and, and they're 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 a team that's hitting the ball, running a little bit, doing all that all that. Uh, 1990s baseball stuff that seems to work now and uh, I don't understand why the Yankees brass and why Cashman uh, d- don't uh, bend away for, from from what isn't working I, I don't understand no. yeah I mean I know that Donaldson's been out of the lineup he just had a rehab stint with Trenton I know he just got recalled same with Stanton but there's gotta be a different way to, to jump start this offense I know Anthony Rizzo has been injured who is the one guy you see in the Yankee lineup who needs to needs to start jumpstart this offense? For me, I, I think Libertorus is one of those is one of those guys can jumpstart. I know Anthony Volpe has been having growing pains as the new start as the new shortstop of the Yankees. He but once he gets on base, he steals bases. He's fast, and he, yes, he does have a little bit of pop to his bat, but that's not gonna that's not showing up right now. But other than other than Clima uh, Torres, Anthony Volpe. Which guy in this lineup do you think should be should, is the one who needs to really needs to step it up in the offensive production? For me, the guy that's got to do something. Maybe he's actually starting to show his age a little bit. He got a, a contract that uh, I thought he deserved, and you probably thought he deserved was DJ Lemayhu, uh, La Machine. He was unbelievable when he first came over, put up some huge numbers from Colorado, and then he, people were thinking, well, they're inflated numbers because of playing at Coors Field. But now that he's been with the Yankees for a few years now, he's the kind of guy that's got to uh, put the ball in play. He doesn't have big power numbers, but get the ball in play, get on base a lot, and start getting getting moving guys over. He he seems like the kind of guy who doesn't mind hitting the other way a little bit and doing something. I've I've always liked LeMayhew. I think he's a great player. He keeps his yap shut. He works hard and goes in night in, night out, and, and does a lot of good things for that Yankee lineup. He's the kind of guy, uh, but who knows what what his uh, his health is like and if he's maybe a little bit uh, injured as well as the rumors. He had the bad toe last year. I don't know why these guys can't get their feet fixed. It's kind of a weird thing with all that money that, they, that they're that they sitting on at Yankee land. It's kind of an odd thing that it's uh, broken toes that keep these guys out and, and strained hips. It's uh, it's really odd that the training staff can't figure that out. But uh, to me, it's got to be a guy like DJ LeMay. who got to step up. He's not the most vocal guy in, that, in a locker room. He's like a pretty quiet guy, but he's the kind of guy who's got to just go, you know what? Follow my lead, guys, because I'll, I'll I'll hit I'll hit 320. I'll get it on base every every uh, twice a game, every game, no matter what. And I'll, you guys hop my back because j- Judge isn't here. He's the kind of guy that I think they got they got to uh, lean on a little bit. Yeah, uh, DJ LeMay, who's currently hitting 236 with six home runs, and yeah. de- I definitely see that he's got to step things up. The one guy who's really surprised me this year is I is Isaiah Kinderfalefa, IKF. They they yeah. put him in the outfield. He plays center field on a semi regular basis. Uh, but his bat has been better. Uh, he's got three home runs and 15 RBIs, but he's also got uh, he's also got uh, six stolen bases. So, uh, but his defense has been really, really great. 
uh, has been has been really spectacular out in the outfield. Uh, one guy who kind of confused as to why he's still in the lineup or every once in a while is Willie Calhoun. He, I think, part of it has to do with the fact that uh, Stanton's been in and out of the lineup with he's basically made a broken glass. He's made, made a glass right now since the day also, he got there. Yeah, and, and then uh, same thing with Harrison Bader. If he's in the lineup, that offense is also popping. But he's also he's also injured a lot too, which is really which is really disappointing. A hundred percent, Ryan. Like when Bader came over for the uh, the Montgomery trade last year with the Cardinals, he uh, was injured. Came in the playoffs, hit three or four home runs in the playoffs last year in their their little run that they had, and then this season started off on the on the IL again. Came up, played a little bit, had some good power numbers, three or four home runs early, I think it was. Uh, runs a little bit, plays a great defense. Bader's another guy if they can keep him healthy somehow, and he's a guy that's looking for a contract, so it'd be in his best interest to uh, to get get back lineup and, and stay healthy because yeah, stay he, healthy. He, he's uh, every every time he uh, he's uh, he gets hurt or goes on the IL, there's another zero off the check when it all, when it's all said and done. And he's I think he's a really good player. And IKF has been surprising everybody, and to play in that environment because he everybody was so down on him after that debacle last year and everybody said he mm-hmm. like the and how the Yankees stuck with him and how Steinbrenner or not Steinbrenner as a cat he's a Cashman <laughs> as Cashman uh and Boone just kept sticking with him and sticking with him saying he's the guy he's the guy there's nothing wrong with him the analytics say this but the eye test didn't say that and for no. me the eye test has to say it and and he was not good he hasn't been uh he's played shortstop a few times this year had three errors the one game I think he had when he was back in shortstop didn't go well they put him back in the outfield and he's been serviceable He's he has not been the Yankees' problem. It's been guys like Willie Calhoun and the likes, and, and their their catching position has not hit the ball well, well at all. You, you, you look at uh, Higashioka has been non-existent at the plate, and everything else. They just haven't got the production from their catcher position at all, yeah. and well, and that's where it is. Well, so you, yeah. you look at that lineup. So without Judge, the rest of the guys suffer because they're they're like, well, we can pitch around this guy, pitch around that guy, and we can we can uh, the opposing pitching can attack the the the, uh, the lesser knowns, right? So it's just one of yeah. those things where you take that one big bat out of the lineup and it changes everything. Yeah, and you you talk about the catcher position. Anthony Trevino's been out of the lineup uh with injuries as well. So yeah. when you have him at when he's out of the lineup and you have Higashioka who I thought last year he had a great spring he had a great spring training last year. Great spring training. I thought he was going to make the make the jump last year unfortunately had a very disappointing season and unfortunately it's continuing into 2023 Uh, he's only hitting 229 right now Uh, but there's someone sorry it's jose trevino not anthony i apologize it's jose trevino but he's only yeah they've got to get some they got some some offense at the catcher position he's only hitting 214 but he's only played 38 games the only guy who's been in the consistent lineup consistently this year is glaber torres he's played 66 he's played looks like he's played all 66 games well almost all 60 he's he's played almost all uh 67 games he played 66 games was only out of lineup only once but yeah, I mean, the right now you look at the standings, and you mentioned it, and you mentioned it earlier, Brent. Nobody's—I don't think anybody's going to catch up to Tampa Bay unless they fall off. Unless they fall off a little bit, they're playing the red-hot Oakland A's tonight. I don't know if you know this. They're five in a row. I think they five have in a right row. Now. They're going for six in a row tonight. They're big protests for night. I think they got planned out there in Oakland. Yep. We'll be yep, talking about on my show on Saturday. There, yeah. That's tomorrow. That's tomorrow, I believe. It's yeah. tomorrow night, I believe. But right behind them is Baltimore, who just—you look at Baltimore. That's a team that's been together for uh, between between pretty much every single player in that lineup, save for a couple. They've played together in this minor league system for years. 
And this is a team back in 2016 I thought was going to go to the World Series someday. Uh, but right now they're looking like a team that could be that could be a very a sleeper in the playoffs right now between their pitching, their bullpen is outstanding. And I, I had my guy Eric Arditi from from uh, Barstool Sports on a month ago. We talked. He's a big he's a big Orioles fan. He covers the Orioles for 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 Barstool Sports. He's a guy who's propped up the, who's propped up this team for a long while, and they looked like they were going to make that leap last season. This year they've made a tremendous leap. And right now they're they're five games in front of the New York Yankees, but then you got Toronto, who's also like the Yankees. They've had some trouble with the injury bug. They're in fourth place in the AL AL East, and Baltimore sitting in last place at five hundred. I mean this this division, top to bottom, is the best division in all of Major League Baseball. You have no team with a record under five hundred in this division. So, although I think Tampa Bay is going to run away with it. Two through three, two through four, and two through five, arguably, because five. they could all three of the four of these teams could be in the could be in a in a uh, in, in a wild card spot come late September, mid September, late September. They're gonna be jockeying for position to try to get to that wild card. Yeah, Ryan, like you were saying, we'll get back to that Baltimore call. You made how these guys have been together for a few years. They played in the minor leagues together and the like. And there, there's something to be said about guys who um, baseball is an individualistic sport. I get it. And you you hit for average. You're up there by yourself. And you pitch for, for your ERA and strikeouts. And you're up there by yourself. But in general, when you want to win for your teammate and you're out there competing for for a team, I think that matters a lot, and I I, I I I think that that gets left behind a lot when these teams that that get built through free agency don't really work. You look at the Mets right now, how that's just not working at all. Oof, how they're rough. how they're five games under five hundred, that's just not working. And you look at a team like the the Houston Astros who've been able to win a, a World Series or two. One one I don't want to really talk about that. We we probably I, I I've forgiven I've forgiven, but I will not forget <laughs> the 2017 thing. Where, where's okay. my tra- Where's my trash can? I yeah, can't so find I, it. I, that's one of those things, but like that. That's a team that grew up together through the minor leagues. They, they added a piece here and there, but I think that matters a lot. And you go back to, to the 96 Yankees. That was a lot of guys who played together uh, through, through in the minor leagues. So that helped a lot. Yeah. Like people, people always talk like when I get in, in, uh, in, uh, I don't want to say fights in, in disagreements, I guess, with non-Yankee fans about the Yankees winning World Series and buying World Series back in the early night in the mid nineties there. And I say, whoa, whoa, whoa. When they were winning World Series, there's a lot of guys on those teams that played together in minor leagues who weren't making a bunch of money. And then when George decided to start spending a lot of money, that's when they weren't winning a lot of World Series. And that's actually fact. Yes, 2009, they they spent a ton of money going out and getting CC and AJ Burnett and Mark Tashera and the like. But in general, when George was spending a ton of money in the 2000s they weren't winning no they were they won a lot of world series by building like by having a team that came out of the minors and like you just said with with the baltimore orioles that's something that you can build on and like the jays they've had some pitching problems you thought that they, they'd have been a lot better uh with uh, with their 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 core guys with vladdy guerrero jr Kevin biggio and uh and well, what's what's the guy with the hair the, the hairdo i can't stand him but Vlad, it's Vlad, not vlad guerrero you mentioned bichette bull bichette, oh, Bo bichette uh, yeah. yeah so the, those three guys and they were supposed to build this team and it just hasn't materialized because Vladdy has not been hitting the ball that well this year. So that's why they've taken a little well, step back. What, what only not only that, but I'm sorry to interrupt you, but not only yep. that, but their pitching hasn't been there. They just uh, designated uh, Alec uh, Manoa uh, Manoa for assignment. 
Yeah, they sent him down to the, to, uh, the Florida the Florida State League, basically the, the Florida Penn League or the, the State Penal League. And you think if they would have got like he he had twelve starts, he's uh, got a six plus ERA, and the, the stats weren't good. So you think if they, if they would have got six decent starts out of Manoa, then the Jays are right there. So like they, they can yep. pretty much pin their season on that one guy. And it's 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 horrible to put to pin a season on one player, but when it's your pitcher who was an all-star pitcher last year for the Toronto Blue Jays and, and Alec Manoa, how the pitch clockitis might have got a hold of him. It's it's crazy to think that one person could have actually, you know, for lack of a better term, ruined their season. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I'm looking at the national. I'm looking. We're going to switch over to the National League in just a second here, and, and right now, actually, right now, uh, the East Atlanta's. I want to say Atlanta's running away with the East. The Miami Marlins are only three and a half games behind them. And it's all because of the strength of their pitching. Their pitching is outstanding. And they and they have a their negative tw- they're minus 20 in the run differential, which is very odd. Uh, but this is a this is a this is a team to watch. Same thing with the central. Pittsburgh's in first place. That is again a similar situation to the Baltimore Orioles, where these guys have played in the minor leagues together. They've played with these rules with the pitch clock and and, and with the pitch clock that which was in AAA last year. So uh, they they played together. My, Milwaukee's only game behind. Cincinnati's a, t- a team, a sneaky team to watch. As are the Arizona Diamondbacks, and uh, we're going to take a take a quick visit to the comment section in just a moment, but is it anyone's game in the national league right now? Could any of these teams, I, uh, I actually Rogers, think that it is. I think, I think it's, I think it's great for baseball. And I think it's yeah. fantastic that there's these, these teams that aren't spending a bunch of money or are telling Mr. Cohen out there in, in, uh, in Flushing Queens, they to take his $350 million payroll and shove it up as you know, where I think it's great for the game of baseball. And it's, it's keeping people interested when you get into the first uh, months of summer here, where a lot of people are already thinking about their fantasy football drafts. And now people are thinking about baseball a little bit in, 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 in centers that probably wouldn't be like you said, in Pittsburgh, in Miami, and, and in Arizona, Milwaukee, and everything else. I think it's great for the game of baseball. These teams are are, are staying in it. And uh, will they be able to, to outlast it? Who knows? But the, you, you, you can only beat who you play. And that's what the, 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 the records that they have right now are right there for a reason. Because And they're sticking around. I think it's great for the game of baseball, personally. Yeah, this has been a fun season. And uh, we're going to actually take a quick quick uh trip to the comments section before we go to our first commercial break we got our old buddy wonko the saint is the new kid reds kid ellie de la cruz making any news outside of cincinnati granted tiny sample size yes, yes. i'm a i'm a i'm a de la cruz believer that yes. guy is gonna be if, if, if he gets going if his bat gets going like i said cincinnati's gonna be with that sneaky team to watch especially in that in that race in the central division where right now it's a tight race between pittsburgh milwaukee and cincinnati and Cincinnati's kind of come out of nowhere this year, especially if, again, especially if Ellie De La Cruz gets his bat going. Ever since he got called up, had that one home run against against uh, George, against Syndergaard, Syndergaard, and who's not the same as he used to be. But uh, that's another topic for another day. Big Our old buddy, quick. yeah. Our old buddy Jared from uh, Corner Booth Podcast looked at look at this team up i believe he's referring to his beloved arizona diamondbacks we all guys we all know the best rookies my boy Coburn carroll go snakes also says baseball has been amazing this year super entertaining no matter who's playing i feel like a kid again watching all this and our old buddy sam shady from the shady sports network says also says what's up guys so so thanks for joining thanks for uh, jumping on there sam shady so we're going to take a quick commercial break from our friends from embitter coffee we'll come back talk about the stanley cup final 
So stay tuned for no, no credentials required. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Invader Coffee. For the coffee lover who wants good quality coffee with no bullshit and no filler, Invader Coffee is an ultra-premium, veteran-owned coffee company proudly delivering only the best coffee your hard-earned money can buy. They aim to only serve the highest quality organic air-roasted coffee beans sourced from free trade farms all over the world. They keep things simple. The best coffee at an affordable price in order to provide you with the value you deserve for your morning boost. 100% fair trade, 100% organic coffee beans, 100% air roasted, 100% money back guarantee. Visit invadercoffee.com, enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, and receive 15% off your order. That's right, folks. You better believe it. The best veteran-owned coffee company in America is Invader Coffee. My friends at Invader Coffee can help support the show at the link down below in the description, both on the podcast side and on YouTube and Facebook. I've been ordering from Invader Coffee the last couple of years now. High quality, great air-roasted beans. I, I make mine fresh every single day. My French press, get it fresh roasted. Fresh roasted beans, get the whole bean. Don't get the ground, but I get the whole bean. And it's a great coffee for your it's, – it's great coffee for – for the value of your dollar guys so they're also in a contest right now if you if you order their outsider blend which is a dark blend it's really great you're automatically entered to win a chevy chevrolet chevette ss so a muscle car you can win a muscle car brent come on (laughs) a chevy chevette i remember those i'm old enough to remember the original chevettes but that's a different story for another day (laughs) (laughs) so get your invader coffee get 15 percent off your order with promo code belly up but also Use the link in the description, which is our affiliate link. You'll help the show. You'll also get some great coffee. So invadercoffee.com. Again, use the link in the description. Use promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your order. And uh, just a clarification, uh, look, at this, let's look at this team up. He was referring to uh, our solid collaboration. He's going to roll. Have a great show. Thanks, Jared, for stopping by. Jared's our Jared's our director of uh, podcast development at Belly Up Sports. He's also the host of the uh, of the Corner Booth podcast. I've been on his show. The, I've been on his uh, 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 pregame show on on Thursdays. Occasionally, I'm one of the more frequent guests on the show. Brent, it's a, short, it's a great show. The great show. You should check it out. I, I check his show out like because we record Thursday nights and he's usually on right before we get going. So I, mm-hmm. I've uh, we've kind of just we crossed paths and I've tried it just hasn't worked out. But I've uh, I promised I'll get on their show and uh, he calls me his favorite Canadian. So that's that's good enough for me. <laughs> I don't know how to do the Canadians he knows. So maybe I'm the only one. But whatever, <laughs> it, it don't much matter. But buttering up a guy never hurts. There you go. There we go. It can never it never hurts. You're right. You're right. So the Stanley Cup Finals tomorrow night is game five. The Vegas Golden Knights lead this series three games to one after after Saturday night's win in Florida. Uh, Brent, I know you're a hockey guy as well as I am. Uh, this, this is a uh, we had our we had our, had our uh, mid season special with Belly Up Sports back in February uh, with uh, our friends with our friends uh, Jesse Pierce. Uh, and uh jenner and and uh um oh gosh i can't remember who else uh josh from uh, josh from uh the, the 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 rising two podcast 
is are we going to see a Stanley Cup being raised tomorrow night, or does there some is there some fight still left in the Florida Panthers? You know, you, you mentioned back to that uh, our midseason hockey show there that we talked about, and my my big thing was I was laughing about how bad the Florida Panthers were, and uh, <laughs> so I got to go back and kind of eat my words a little bit because they were in a, in a, <laughs> in a slump there, and I, I said it was no surprise how bad they were they, they were because Paul Maurice went there and uh, he's kind of never really done anything, and all of a sudden, and then Matthew Kachuk went there and he's kind of a cancer so i gotta go look back and eat my words a little bit and that's the bad thing about being on podcasts and being on the air is that you know you can say a thousand things about 10 years ago no one will remember what you said because you just keep your, your yap going but then there's these ones that people go they remember saying this yeah i, I said that I, I apologize but whatever but i uh, i hope that the uh the vegas golden knights don't win the Stanley Cup tomorrow night. Although I, I'd rather see the season be done because uh, I think it drags on a little bit. I think it's getting a little bit. It gets warmer outside. And I don't want to be stuck in front of a TV if it's not baseball. It's a hockey season to me should end at uh, the end of May, and that's it. Not getting into the middle of June like we are. But not only that reason, Ryan, but I think the the thing I, I enjoyed that game on uh, Saturday night. The last the last ten minutes were unbelievable action. It was great drama. Uh, the the Florida Panthers almost tied it up two or three times. And then that last two minutes where they were all around the net. And, and then the end when Kachuk was beaten up, uh, he was just getting in arguments here and there and fighting and squirming and getting cross-checked in the back. And it was great to, it was, it was great, great hockey to see. It was kind of the, the way the game's got to be played. And the, the, the intensity level was really high. And the, the last two games in that series have been high intensity for sure. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing one or two more games. I don't want to see it go another week, but maybe get into Thursday night and we'll call her good. That's that, that's my idea. Have uh, I don't want to see Vegas win at home because I, I don't think they've uh, they've earned that right per se. Do you think the Vegas Golden Knights are the most hated franchise in all of hockey right now? Yes. Okay. Yeah. As a, as a Leafs fan, as a Leafs love lover, it's been not, since not before I was born since, since, since it's happened, right, since they won a cup. And then uh, you, you go back to uh, before the Vegas Golden Knights even were named the Golden Knights, their, their owner, Bill Foley, he said, we're going to win the Stanley Cup in six years, and this is year six of the plan. Uh, they almost won in their first year of existence, and now he, he they got a shot to do it uh, tomorrow night and probably on Thursday. And I think they're the most hated franchise in, in hockey just for the way they've manipulated the salary cap a little bit. They, they, they didn't play their captain most of the year in Mark Stone, they could, and they could find a way to uh, – twist the rules a little bit not break because then otherwise that would be that would be against the law but they find a way to get players they found a way to uh manipulate the expansion draft and do get this guy and get that guy and they've gotten good players throughout the, and they haven't cared who they've stepped on uh, on their way to getting to the stanley cup finals once again this year they had a a couple of great coaches in their in their great in their existence so far they're on their third coach in six years so that's something to say and then when they had one of the, their franchise guy who you would have thought with Mark Andre Fleury, they said, "Yeah, thanks, by see you to him," and then they let him go too. So th- there's zero loyalty with that franchise. That owner's out to win, and and you can't you can't blame uh, GM Kelly McCrimmon for saying, "Well, this guy Brad, Brad McCrimmon, yeah, yeah, this this guy's paying me, and so I'm going to do what I, I I can do to uh, to make this thing happen. I I have my marching orders, so it's not McCrimmon's fault and uh, and the like, but." They're doing it, and six years in, uh, there's I, I think there's they're they're hated, and I also think there's a lot of jealousy involved in the uh, in the Vegas Golden Knights going to a Stanley Cup final for their second time in six years with with and being one win away right now. 
So I wrote an article on bellyupsports.com a couple of months back about the called I called the Haters Guide to the Stanley Cup. And I would what I did was I ranked every single team according to hateability. So the Boston Bruins, it was for my for me, it was an eight and a half out of ten because they're Boston. Yeah. Colorado was nine out of ten. I scored Vegas as a nine out of ten. And I'm gonna read the paragraph that I wrote. Up next in the hitter's guide to the Stanley Cup playoffs are the Vegas Golden Knights. Fans have been hitting on the Golden Knights since their inaugural season when they went to the Stanley Cup final. Hey, is it my fault that Brad McCrimmon took advantage of your incompetent GM? No, it isn't. But the success of the Golden Knights has always been a divisive topic. After one year absence from the playoffs, the Golden Knights are back in the playoffs. Do the Golden Knights have anyone who is pest worthy? Not really. But again... Haters hate success, and the Vegas Golden Knights are a success story. High score on the hateability scale. That might change to 10 or maybe 20 out of 10 after the Stanley Cup final is over and they win the Stanley Cup, provided provided that the Florida Panthers don't come back from a 3-1 deficit, which I can't remember. The, remember correctly, the last time a 3-1 deficit was maybe your Toronto Maple Leafs. There was a 3-1 situation the wrong way, but that was in the first round with the Boston Bruins back in 2013. But a 3-1 deficit in the finals, I can't remember if anybody's come back from that. And I I go back a long ways watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, It's tough because the the Stanley Cup playoffs are such a grind. And it's, you play, like it used to be every, you play every night and then you get a night off. You play both two nights and you get a night off. And now it's every other night. Now it's every third night for TV reasons and building availability because the Miami Miami Heat are in there right now. But it's going to be a tough road for for the Florida Panthers to jump back in this. That 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 Vegas team is big. That that Peter Angelo, who they got from a Stanley Cup champion team with the St. Louis Blues, he's a he's a hell of a player, and he's he's the guy that they kind of got that solidified and made that made that def- defensive core really really notable. And he's. He's got a, a little bit of a mean streak in him, just enough. And they, they that Vegas team plays hard. They play big. They've kind of changed the way hockey was leaning for a little bit there with uh, some smaller forwards and smaller D-man puck moving guys. And they now Vegas has guys that don't mind punching the face like the 1989 Calgary Flames or whoever, right? Who A little yep. bit rough, a little bit tumble. It's a, little, it's a different kind of hockey. Or like those, those New Jersey teams that you follow back in the 90s that weren't the most skilled teams. But, you know, you had Ken Danico and Scott Stevens back on, on, on defense. Causing and, Scott, a ruckus. And, Scott, and Scott Niedermeyer. Dude. And Scott Niedermeyer who could skate like the wind, but he was also oh. a big guy. Like yes. Niedermeyer wasn't a small character at all. Like he was a no. big, big dude. And he, he, so it's kind of reminiscent of that. Like they don't play the, the left wing lock or the defensive trap like those Devils teams did. But that defensive structure that they have in, in Vegas, it's something to behold because they're playing with a goaltender. I didn't know the guy's name until two weeks ago in Aiden Hill. And he might win himself a, a Conn Smythe trophy in a couple yeah. of years. Right, and I didn't know who the guy was, so they're they're getting the odd save here and there, like, and that's all Brodeur had to do back then. Get the odd save now and then. We'll score enough goals. We're gonna do this on, on this side. And that Vegas team, it's uh, like the one thing that I, I would I, I would like to see, and they I, they might get a uh, a less punch ability out of me if somehow some way they would uh, get Phil the Thrill Kessel on the ice for for a shift or two in the in these playoffs because people forget he's even on that on that team. He's been a, a healthy scratch, and I I've always had a soft spot for Kessel because he's been kind of the uh, uh, such an aloof hockey player I don't care I'll get my 80 points play every game here and there so it's uh, 
if, if they get Kessel in the lineup somehow, I wouldn't mind that them winning the cup. <laughs> so I was right about the only team to come back from a 3-1 deficit in the Stanley Cup final. It was the Toronto Maple Leafs in 1942. The one before, and only like, time I, I, I know, I know, I know we're getting old, Ryan. We're a little long in the truth, but I, I wasn't there for that one. I, and I, you couldn't even PVR those ones. That's uh, or VHS or whatever. No, you couldn't. Right? No, you couldn't. Yeah. But what actually there's two guys I I other than Aiden Hill, there's two guys on this biggest squad who I think could win this win the Conn Smythe trophy. Jack Eichel, who this is his first and hard to believe this is his first playoffs. Yeah. And he's playing all like he's been Buffalo. there forever. Because of all those years in Buffalo that Buffalo, unfortunately, the Sabres wasted, not building a team around him where they got decent defense, decent defense and defense decent goaltending. They couldn't provide that for him, but gets traded to Vegas. And you are into arguably Buffalo got a pretty good return with Alex Tuck and a couple of first round picks. Uh, but another guy who could argue might win the Smythe trophy is uh, Chandler Stevenson scored two goals in game in game four. And he, and he scored, uh, this was scored a game winning goal in game. I think it was game two of the Western conference final. If I'm not mistaken, he's been, he's played a pretty big part in this big biggest golden Knights run. So I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to Aiden Hill. Wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to Jack Eichel. And that, uh, Chandler Stevenson is, I think he's the dark horse candidate for Conn Smythe Trophy. So, yeah, another guy that might 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 throw into that loop is uh, Marshall too, as well. He's, yeah, Jonathan really Marshall. Well. he's got a lot of points. But uh, that, that Stevenson's a good uh, good hockey player. Big body, plays hard. Uh, Eichel, you, you wonder, like you, you just wonder if a guy like uh, Connor McDavid sitting at home in, in his palatial oh. estate in Edmonton just – biting his face off because I went, I, I, I'm better than him. I went higher in the draft than him. And there was the, for, for a while, if you remember that, that, that draft year, there was a bit of talk who's going to go first overall. And it mm-hmm. really wasn't a, uh, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying by any means that Eichel is on the same level as, uh, as a Connor McDavid, cause he, he's not, but you got to think that there's got to be a, some pangs of jealousy running through McDavid's veins right now thinking that son of a gun is one game away. And I'm twice the player is not twice, but one and a half times the player that he is and we uh we can't get get out of our own way and uh man that's got to be a, a tough to pill to swallow for for uh for Connor mcdavid but eichel he uh yeah he survived his his, his his wounds played it out there in buffalo it just didn't work and you, you gotta like you gotta like his and he's been really good like he's been a good player throughout like he kind of left on a bad note and said some things maybe he shouldn't have said here and there in buffalo but they're they're kids like i think that's one thing ryan that we forget about is that most of these guys when they they're in their first contracts they're kids and they're going to mm-hmm. say dumb things we we kind of forget that we we always hold these athletes to a, such a high level and the, but they they're really they they they're they're pampered so much when they're young and they don't get to make the mistakes that you were, you or I got, got to make away mm-hmm. from the microphone. Right. And I yep. think that's one thing that we forget about with all these athletes, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, or hockey, that we, we forget that, that we, we should probably turn our ears off a little bit when these, when these guys speak, cause they're just kids. And when they yeah. get a chance to do something and when they do age a little bit, they're usually a lot better off, but uh, no, it's good to see Eichel getting that chance because he, uh, he wrote, he wrote all those years in Buffalo as long as he could. Yeah. And speaking of McDavid, and I know I know I hate to bring up a player who's sitting at home right now, but I gotta ask you, Brent. And my my co-host Dustin, he's a he's a big Oilers fan. Uh, he he loves the fact that Connor McDavid is uh, bringing back the oil. But I gotta ask you, and I've had this kind of thought in, in my back of my head, wrestling with this question for the past year or so. 
if the Edmonton Oilers don't go to a Stanley Cup in the next two seasons, is McDavid gone from Edmonton? 100%. 100%. Sorry, Dustin. <laughs> and and, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because right now, they they got him at 12-5 or 12-6. I, I, like, like on, on, our, on our podcast, we don't like talking money because these guys are all, in my opinion, they're all underpaid when it comes down because you think what the owners are making. But we, we've talked about that before. But uh, I think that if, if they don't get to a cup final and – win a couple of games in the cup final, like don't get swept that to McDavid's going to go, what am I doing here? I could probably play somebody else. I could play. I'm already rich beyond belief. And if, if I made 10 million, which they, the, the PA wouldn't allow him to do, but I can make 10 million a year on my contract and make, cause he's on a lot of uh, MGM bet and this bet, that bet. And he's got bio steel. He's got a lot of contracts everywhere. Uh, he doesn't need that, that uh, contract to make himself uh richer right so uh, he might want to go you know what there's a place in Colorado that they, they got a, a younger team. They go out and get a goaltender or, or make a super team. Could this be an NBA situation where these guys go, yeah, this guy, this guy, this guy, it could happen. Like it, it, it easily could happen because these guys are rich beyond belief. You know, we talked about the other day, Austin Matthews, he's up for, he's up for a new contract in, in a year, a year. And these guys could say, you know what, let's just all go to Arizona and golf all year. Who knows? Yeah. Like they, got, well, they, got, they got cap room beyond belief. Like it, I, yeah. I think, but, but I do think that, McDavid will say, you know what, this isn't working because uh, Leon Dreisel is going to get paid because he, he played his first four or five years on a, on a, on a low contract, the eight and a half million bucks, which is the biggest bargain in hockey history. And um, yeah, and he'll, so he'll be gone. Right. So, yeah. uh, so I, I can't see McDavid not being gone. I, 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 if they don't win something, I can't see him saying, you know what? Yeah. I built this great big house, but you know what? I was going to sell it anyway. So I, was, I wasn't going to live in Edmonton in, in my retirement years anyways. Yeah. No uh, it, retires in Edmonton. Isn't that, is that, isn't that why Chris Pronger was traded out of Edmonton in 2007 because his wife hated the winters? <laughs> there was a little situation that uh, there were some rumors that Alleg- allegedly, allegedly, reason. I'm sorry, there's, I'm gonna say allegedly because I don't want yeah, to. There was alleged rumors, but that was one of the things. That, and then uh, his wife is part somehow of the Walmart family because they're from St. Louis and on and on and on. So she actually has just as much or more dough than he does. So she was calling the shots like, we yeah, it's time to go. All right. Yeah. Well, we talked, we talked, you talked about mentioning a super team there, Brent. And the only time, unlike the NBA, which has the Larry Bird rule where you can spend, we have a super max, what's called a super max contract mm-hmm. where you can pay the player as many, as much money as you want and it won't count against your salary cap. The only way I can see a super team in the NBA or the NHL, excuse me, is if the CBA gets, gets uh gets renegotiated again which by the way gary benton was super smart to do this during the covid break <laughs> yeah. by the way that was probably the smartest thing that gary benton's ever we done. have this much money no we don't actually this is we didn't make any money this year yeah yeah done yeah, yeah. but the only way i can see a super team in the nhl is if they do the same thing in the nba with the larry with the larry bird supermax contract the larry bird rule it's the only yeah. time i'll see i'll see you'll see a you'll see a a super team of Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and possibly a, a defenseman other than Chris Letang. But it's, yeah, I mean, one day it could happen. One day it could happen. Well, maybe the the, the Crosby-Letang 
Malkin uh, trio gets a guy by the name of Connor McDavid somehow in Pittsburgh this year. I don't know. I, I just, I just like, like I said, I, I can't see, I can't see McDavid, especially if he sees Jack Eichel winning a Stanley Cup in, in a day or two. I can't see Connor McDavid being too happy about it. I just can't because like you, no. you, you, you can win heart trophies and you can win con you can win scoring titles and art Ross and Maurice Richard trophies. And you, those don't go on your mantle. Stanley cups do and rings go on your fingers. Right. Yeah, you and the rest of it doesn't matter. Yeah. You don't want to be the guy you don't want to be, you want to be the guy who's considered one of the top scorers of a generation and not win a Stanley cup. You, you don't, you don't. Well, the, the, the worst thing, the best that, that never won the best that never yep. won like that, that conversation, Dan Marino, Right, like or Jim Kelly or whoever, like you never be want to be part of that 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 conversation because that means you never won, and the entire point of playing is to win. So, yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. As her, as as a certain uh, New York Jets former New York Jets coach said uh, back in two thousand two, you play to win the game. Hundred percent. You play to win the game. It's the only reason, and and and, and until you win that last game of the season, you've you've been. Uh, I, I don't want to say failure because these guys are rich beyond belief, but you you haven't. I, I don't think you've achieved your your goal as an athlete to win that very last game that you, that, that you play. Right, so it's one of those. Yeah, I, I actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I watched. I've been watching the Bill Walton thirty for thirty, uh, the luckiest the luckiest man alive, or luck, I'm the luckiest man in the world, and he mentions that the he says, he says i don't have many regrets in life but if there's one thing i could go back and do is play in the 1974 national championship the national no, sorry not the national the national semifinal of, 19, of the 1974 yeah. final four because we should have we should have beat the brakes off of the uh of north carolina state and we didn't because we were just discombobulated we were a discombobulated team that year so yeah you, you want to be that you don't want to be that guy you don't want to no, be that winning, guy winning matters so much. I, th- I think people underestimate how much winning actually matters to these, these athletes. Like there, yeah. there are some that, that it looks like that they don't care, but I, I think in, I think 85% of them, they really want it. It's that yeah. 15% that you see like that guy has got no drive. Like he's, a, he gets his paycheck. He turns it off and that's it. You, you see it a lot in some sports, but mm-hmm. I think, I think a, a large percentage of these guys want to win and have that championship ring. And it's a story that they can tell forever. Yeah, and and speaking of people who who have gone are going out on top, congratulations to Amanda Nunez from the UFC. She retires as a champion. That's the best way to go out. It's the best I way to go out. I'm gonna go getting punched Absolutely. in the face. But it's the best way to go out. <laughs> I've been punched in the face. It's not that bad. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for a while. It's things for it's things for a minute. But all right, we're gonna take we're gonna have, we're gonna go to one more segment. But before we do that, we just want to mention our our friends here. Uh, at Caldera Lab. Time to give a shout out to one of our to our favorites in skincare. It's Caldera Lab, backed by a leading clinical trial where nine out of ten men, that's nine, that's ninety percent of men experienced healthier and visibly improved skin. Caldera Lab has the tools to unlock your best first impression and confidence. Let's face it, guys. We're not getting we're not getting any younger. I'm not getting any younger. Brent, I'm sure you're not getting any younger. No, it hasn't worked that way yet. No, not, the, not yet. But as we age, gentlemen, your health becomes important. That includes your physical health. And that includes your face. You might notice more fine lines, wrinkles, and wrinkles and signs of aging. It's time to take control of your skin with Caldera Lab. And today we have an exclusive offer for our audience, so you can try for yourself why so many men trust Caldera Lab for their skin need skin needs. I mean, besides having the best looking beard at Belly Up Sports, I also got the best looking skin at Belly Up Sports. Come on. Come on. So try it out. That's called Daryl lab.com and your promo code, no creds 
at checkout, you get 20% off their best products. So calledaralab.com. You can also you can also use the website calledaralab.com forward slash no creds and you get 20% off their best products, including the including the, you get to try a bunch of stuff and it's good stuff and it's clinically proven. Nine out of ten men, they recommend it. Let's go. And plus, if you're not satisfied, you get your money back. What's to lose? What's to lose? Let's go call DaryLab.com forward slash no creds. You get 20% off your order. The last thing we're going to talk about tonight, Brent, is the Canadian Football League. Again, you're, you're, Canadian, you're, you're born and raised Canadian boy. Uh, I'm sure you pay attention a little bit to the Canadian Football League. Doesn't get as much shine as it should in your, in your country. I happen to be a big CFL fan. Doug Flutie was my gateway drug to the CFL. But week one, week one started this week. We had a few surprises. We had a few expectations. We had a, a great game in Winnipeg between Hamilton and the Blue Bombers, uh, two teams that may be still, maybe seeing each other in, the, in Hamilton in November. But we also had BC taking on the Calgary Stampeders, Montreal and Ottawa, and Sask- Saskatchewan and Edmonton. Uh, Brent, if you happen to notice some of the games, what was what game stuck out in your mind and and just you know, what game stuck out in your mind? And so we entered and we had week as we conclude week one. The one, the two things that I noticed a lot, and the games are it's early. It's it's the CFL. It's it's a long grind. It starts it yeah, starts it now. It's, it's it's June June the eleventh when the games start. First, we got probably got going on the ninth on Friday. But the the Grey Cup doesn't end until uh, I think it's the end of November. Now the mid November, right before they, right they before drag, American Thanksgiving, right before they, American they drag that out. So <laughs> it's really tough to 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 see who's going to play. You, you get a you get a read, but the biggest thing that for the CFL fans and for me personally was the uh, the emergence of some fans coming back to Edmonton this, this this weekend. They finally got crowds back. They had a, the, the COVID years and everything else. We don't uh, try to talk about that because it brings up a lot of craziness and everything else, their beliefs and unbeliefs, but whatever. But they, they the Edmonton Elks, as they're, they're called now, for those who don't know, that um, when they changed the name of their franchise, that brought up a, a big stink. Uh, uh, there was a lot of pushback from that Edmonton Elks name change from the Eskimos that they've been around forever, my mother being one of them said she never watched but I, I watched her catching a catching a peek this week and watching what the score was in the football game and then but the the, the crowds were, were were really good in the CFL this weekend people in the who in in the cities in general they like their CFL and and mm-hmm. that's the, the biggest thing is that they go out and they support their teams the people who are going, going to watch this show or listen to the show are going to say well Pete in Calgary there wasn't a big crowd uh, there only 17,000 but that's because there, there was smoky conditions so the air conditions were, were quite bad on yeah. Saturday night but in general the CFL NFL. I I love it. It's entertaining football. I find it a lot more action-packed, and I, I'm probably going to get persecuted for this and slaughtered for this. I enjoy it a lot more than the NFL because in the NFL, if you have a 13-point lead in uh, with 10 minutes left or 12 minutes left or in the fourth quarter, uh, that game is over. The CFL is a lot different in comparison where there's uh, three downs. you got to move the ball first downs, and it, it goes quick, and the, the way it all, all works out. I think it's an entertaining brand of football that people should really check out. Absolutely, and uh, I know this this year the uh, the U.S. games are played both on CBS Sports Network, and it's also and the CFL is also offering free streaming with CFL Plus. So I got a chance to watch the Hamilton Winnipeg game on Friday night. I was entertained. I was highly entertained. Uh, Winnipeg went up big in the first half. I believe it was a twenty point lead going to the locker room, 
And then Hamilton came back. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell had a slow start, overcame that slow start, almost brought him back to to tie the game. Well, unfortunately, time kind of ran out. So that was a very entertaining game. Um, Edmonton still winless since 2019. The last the last time, Brent, that the Edmonton Elks won at home was October 21st, 2019, when they were still the Eskimos. You know, you think That's how long how, they've been without a home you, win. Like you, you think about how long ago that was. Right. Like you think 2019 was four years ago, but everything that's gone on in the world since 2019, I like, I know, I know you're not a political show and I'm not at my arts isn't a political show, but all this stuff that's going on, 2019 doesn't seem like a number in, 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 in the vernacular <laughs> of numbers anymore with everything that's gone on since 2020. So that's a long time. And you mentioned Bo Levi Mitchell, how, how he bounced over from Calgary after they said, thanks by C it's time to move on. He's still a good quarterback in this league. He and is. that's the with CFL quarterbacks, they they can stick around for a long time. Yeah, they're not getting rich beyond belief in the Canadian Football League, but they can play something they like and or love and and, and make a couple of bucks and set up a, a broadcasting career after the fact. And that's one thing that I like about the CFL is you get to know these guys a little bit, and they're they're very modest athletes. You you see them on the street, and they're like the average salary. I think like the they, they can make like as, as little as seventy one thousand dollars, and uh, they're they're a little more down to earth. They're they're it's a uh, it's a professional league, but it's a, in a semi-professional environment. The, the, sta- yeah. the stadiums are smaller. They're, they're more intimate, and you get to know these guys a little bit more. And there's only the eight games a week or ten oh. Lost you. Go, go or, ahead. No, go ahead. I got. I got. I got to run real quick. Hold on. Or, go ahead. Or ten games a week. So you, you, you watch this. The the only problem that we have here in Canada with the, the Canadian Football League is that you they, you don't really know when the games are on, and they don't they don't advertise as much as they should. Uh, they, they've lost an entire generation uh, of uh, football fans because we're the, not me, but the, the younger generation, Ryan, is that the, the streaming and everything else that happens and people don't, don't really tune into the football game football league because it happens in the summertime. Whereas the, the national football league, they have the market cornered in the, uh, in the, 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 the late fall and during the winter, whereas people want to watch football. Whereas in Canada in the summer, as you know, we only get X amount in, where, where you are in, in New York, you only get X amount of uh, summer days. So you got to take advantage of them and don't not be cooped up inside. All right. We're back. <laughs> Sorry about that. Had to run real quick. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm entertained by the CFL. I've been a big CFL fan for a number of years, probably since the mid nineties uh, when Doug Flutie went up there and won a couple of great cup titles. And, you know, I'm, I, I was looking forward to the season. So I'm like, it's a fun. Well, the, the thing is, so the CFL is there, there are guys who've gone down, down there. Like you, this goes even before Doug. So what do you look at Warren moon back in the day? How he, he ended up playing, he played, played the Edmonton Eskimos back then and won, I think four yep. or five, four or five championships. And then he ended up playing in the national football league, having a very good career there. Uh, you remember Jeff Garcia ended up going down. Yep. After he played with the Calgary Stampeders. He ended up going down with the, with the San Francisco 49ers. Cause I think he's from Santa Clara or somewhere yeah. around that area. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then, and then uh, um, the Dave or Dickinson, he went down there and he, he tried to do the same thing. He didn't have as much success in in the NFL, but there there is some guys who have come out of that out of the CFL, and uh, it's it's an entertaining game. It, it really, really is. They they don't get enough credit, and like I said, they just don't know. You don't know when the games are on. It doesn't get enough um, push around here, which is odd no. because. Um, it's it's really strange because like the the NFL gets a huge push no matter what time of year it is and 
to me, uh, like obviously the CFL is not as good as the NFL, but just the time of the season, I think uh, you look at the XFL and the, the United Football League, whatever else they got going on, USFL, th- yeah, they're having a tough time doing it because people just get so much football with the with the NFL um, that the CFL just doesn't really get a chance. And at the time of year, I don't think it's the right time, but I, I don't think you can go head to head with it with the NFL. I think it'd be a bad decision. No, and I for and here in the states, there's definitely an oversaturation of football. Uh, especially with this, the XFL and the USFL, I think they're com- they're competing basically right now uh, for attention. Uh, I know the XFL recently announced they lost sixty million dollars this year, but with any business venture, you're gonna lose you're gonna lose money in your first year, and they expect to make one hundred twenty million next year. But I think there's just an oversaturation of 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 football. I had a private group chat with a couple of friends of mine, and we discussed it over the weekend. I personally think if you're the XFL and you're jumping into the, you're starting your league six days, six days after the Super Bowl, that's overkill of football. I mean, I love football. I'm a big football fan. I've played it. I've watched it since I was a little kid. But there's a certain point where you just gotta like be like, okay, well, this is this is just enough. And you know, I, I love the C I love the I love like I said, I love the CFL. XFL was kind of into USFL when I was a little kid, when I was a little tyke. We had the New Jersey Generals. That yeah. was our team. I grew up and I was born in New Jersey. He was owned was by a certain team. somebody, wasn't he? Yeah, what it was, was owned by a certain uh, former uh former yeah, president. I, I can't know. remember whom, but <laughs> we'll have to go there. Uh but yeah, but I, yeah, that's certain a certain point you just gotta stop. You just got to just, I wouldn't say stop, but it's just, you got to have a proper break from football for a little while. I don't think that, and Ryan, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I brought it up with uh, my co-host Dave on the 1420 podcast is that we, I don't think that these guys really have a plan. They have an end goal, but they don't, they don't know how they're getting there because right. to, to, to start a football season, to say that people um, want to watch football after NFL season done, I think they're wrong. I think they're what 100% wrong because in like even if you watch championship games when they're when a lot of teams when when they're when their team is out they'll watch the Super Bowl they'll they'll watch the the event and they'll take part of the event but they aren't really watching the games so to mm-hmm. to 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 say that they'll watch it because it's football well that's that's not true I mean that this that that's just not a thing because no people don't watch the Aloha Bowl. Or, or whatever's going on just because it's on TV. Right? right. So you can't just say, and it's, it's, and yeah, you might get the odd person who watches their alma mater kid play or whatever it is here and there. But to, to say you, you're, you're going to ride the wave and continue, continue watching it. I think you're, you're mistaken. The CFL, like if, if one of these teams wanted to become a, uh, have a feeder league per se that that might be something for someone to look yeah. into where yeah. you do have a bit of a a, a lull we'll go okay let, let's ease into football season there's games in august training camps happening and build on that that momentum that might be a better idea to have a, far, a farm team you can't play the canadian rules because it wouldn't work that well because it's, it's a it's a lot it's a lot different not just a three down situation but it's a lot different game but it's something that maybe both these sides should look at a little bit saying, how can we grow our game as well and not go, not try to beat the U S or, or, or the, the NFL, but try to merge with the NFL a little bit. Yeah. I know that the XFL, merge, but you know what? Yeah. I think you know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I, I get you. I get what you mean because NFL Europe for a very long time and the world football, world league of, football, of American football for, for in the nineties and the early two thousands was that feeder league. 
And I know that the XFL has sort of a loose partnership with the NFL, but I think I think what you're going to see, and this is this is a this is, I'm a recurring this is a recurring uh, recurring thing on 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 no credentials required where Rice Stradamus comes out and makes a prediction. Somehow it comes true. You're throwing, the, you're throwing a crap on the wall. Something's bound to stick, Ryan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and there's that thunder. Here comes, here comes the. XFL and the USFL merge, eventually merge, and we get, a, 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 as you mentioned, Brent, a, U, a National Football League feeder system, but they play in smaller cities. Like you see uh, Birmingham, Birmingham, Alabama is absolutely loves spring football between the They had the WFL. Birmingham Barracudas with Matt Dunnigan back in the yes. day. I don't know if you remember that yes. one back in I, 1994. I remember, I remember. I think it was. yes. Matt yeah. Dunnigan, he's still on, on TSN. He had a he yes. barbecue show a few years ago. Matt Dunnigan did crazy wow. stuff. But yeah. But you had the you had the Birmingham Americans slash Vulcans of the World Football League. Had the Birmingham Stallions, the USFL, got big crowds. The Birmingham Iron of the uh, AAF, Amer- Alliance of American Fo- American Football. And now you get the, the Stallions coming back, and they draw huge crowds of the USFL. So you play, you have a feeder system that plays in smaller cities that deserves to have football, like a Birmingham, a San Diego, a St. Louis, a, let's say, Salt Lake City. Orlando, Florida, New Jersey. My, I mean, I would love to go, go see a New go, Jersey general team in New go Jersey. Where there's, go where there's not teams. Go right. where, where a team could call it their own. Go where people can call yes. that team their own. Don't go into Chicago. Nobody cares. Mm-mm. No one, and nobody is going to care. And don't pretend. Don't pretend to sell something to advertisers to say they're going to care because they're not going to care. They're not. Right. No, you have to, and you have to have. Like I said, you, you got to have it in cities that. Don't have a don't have a market for at least the NFL, but they can at least see players who could go to the NFL. The CFL for a long time was that kind of system. Yeah. Nathan Rourke, Nathan Rourke, BC Lions had a great season last year. Now he's with Jacksonville. Yeah. Now he's with Jackson, the Jacksonville Jaguar. He's under. He's, he's probably going to be the third quarterback in that in that uh, on that roster for the Jaguars this year. And he's under. And he's playing under Doug Peterson. Who better to learn than? From then, Doug Peterson, if you're a quarterback, former quarterback himself. Now that you mentioned it, Ryan, I'm quite surprised that more Americans, because Americans are much more a football crazy nation than, than Canada is. I'm quite actually surprised that there aren't more people tuning in on a Friday night or a Saturday night or a Sunday afternoon to watch a, 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 a CFL game because you, you guys really like your football and the further really? south the further south down you go people mm-hmm. really really enjoy their football whereas right now like I, I was saying we only get x amount of more months a year so on a on a saturday or sunday afternoon we're all playing golf and having a good time out in the lake and we're not we, we're not watching football as much as we are because we're not a, a football crazy nation so it's quite surprising that the ratings and they, they, they very well might be but it's, it's quite surprising there aren't more people tuning into cfl yeah. or maybe it's just one of these things it's, it's not market enough either i don't know I would say I, I would say save Saskatchewan, Regina, Saskatchewan, Hamilton. Um, yeah, those because those are the big those are the cities that really do care about Canadian football. Because I mean, this Regina, that's the only thing they really have professionally. 
They don't have an NHL team. They don't have an NBA team. Well, and the, the thing, game the really thing you got with the Toronto Argonauts, they uh, they they're in a, in a major major market. Like Toronto is a major market, not just in Canada in North America. And so yeah. the, the the people of Toronto think, well, we're we're bigger than the CFL, so they they don't they don't go to games and they play at the BMO Field, which is a soccer field, which is small. It's not built for football. And then you have you have the the. Uh, BC Lions who play in Vancouver, who down, downgraded it. They still play in BC Place, but they've downgraded that stadium to make it look smaller so it looks full, fuller or more full. I can't remember how you're exactly supposed to say that. But uh, and so they, Vancouver people think that they're a major market, and, and, and they are in North America. But so you have those two cities who think that they're bigger than the CFL, and you're, when your two major markets um, in the country don't go, it kind of brings the game down a little bit. And they should move to a place. They should move some a team maybe out to uh, the East Coast, out to New Brunswick or, or Newfoundland somewhere to St. John's, and, and maybe push the game a little bit more because you, you don't need a huge stadium. Like if you had 20, 25,000 people, that's a viable. That's a viable. Uh, game in a viable net in a viable uh, place and he, I, I think that's something the cfl should really look at i, I know that they've talked they've, they've flirted with the idea of expansion i know up until like, halifax another place yeah how yeah the, they were looking at the maritimes for a possible expansion team the atlantic scooters they had that talk up until 2019 and then you know what happened and all of a sudden that the, those plans got just got shut down um, yeah. I know Quebec City has been kind of flirting with uh, the idea of bringing yeah. an expansion team there because football is huge, surprisingly huge in Quebec. Part of it has to do with the Alouettes. Part of it has to do with the University University of Laval and their mm-hmm. program, their marvelous program, and also the Mo- University of Montreal. They've had some success, and, and I believe it was um, was the University of Sherbrooke, I believe, in the uh, CI and U Sports. I think they made it to the Final Four I this season. Right. I still call it CIS and it's, it's U Sports. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I always get that one wrong. And there's a U Sports team right here in Lethbridge. I call them CIS. Now they're not CIS. But yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so here's my big question, and we're going to we'll wrap things up. But I know there's only uh, there's a handful of CFL teams who are community owned. Edmonton is community owned, Winnipeg's community owned, Saskatchewan's community owned. Do you think that the CFL can move forward if those three franchises are privately owned? Like uh, they're not they're, I know they're not the a bigger team. They're not a bigger league than they should be in terms of exposure, in terms of uh, people who watch a lot. I don't know what a lot, a lot of young kids play football in Canada, especially in the prairies uh, in Quebec uh, now. But if they move to exclusively private ownership, could this league get more? Could this league? afford now to have more exposure rather than being kind of closed off? 100% because then they could actually market the league a little bit more. You'd have some guys want to make money because nothing makes rich people happier than making more money. And so if they can advertise and get bigger crowds and and, and draw people in because there is an opportunity here to make some money. And the CFL for years has really had the problem where they don't – they don't market to a demographic that's younger than me and they they've lost that demographic. And if you could find a way to get those people back and, and watching games and doing everything else, but the, the, now they only have, they, they have the T, TSN is the only, the rights holders. And I don't think it's ever up for, for bid. So if they got sports that involved Rogers, which is a huge, mm-hmm. obviously Rogers has lots of money. They own the Toronto blue Jays and they own their, they own everything right yeah. here in Canada. So if, if they could get Rogers bidding on some, uh, on some deals here and say, and think outside the box and go outside the, 
the box and get some more money and get some more people. I think it, it can only help the help the the league and get get some better players because you, if you spend money, you'll make money, right? It's one of those things. Yep. And if you can get guys that that can come up here for the summer, make some money um, and get some exposure a little bit and make a, a good pay payday and not be because these some of these guys don't make as much as, as practice rosters guys do doing the no. NFL, right? And they have a, they have a, and they have a job and they have a job outside part time uh, jobs here and there car jobs, sales yeah. or whatever it might be or endorsements or sponsorship deals they got to go and and say hi to kiss fm three times a week or whatever it might be and yeah. so if you if you got some investors in these communities that would dump some money into it and say yeah here we go let's let's let, let's make let's make a goal of this i can't see why it wouldn't work because nothing draws a crowd like a crowd and yeah. and, and and that's the fact right and it, there's there are there are some some nights in august there where you know there aren't a lot of baseball fans because if the jays aren't in it people there are still sports fans who want to watch something right so in mm-hmm. july and august there, there are people who will, will want to go out and do something and the, the tickets aren't expensive and go out and having a good time but if you don't know what's on if you don't know what's happening then no one's going to go and like i just said nothing draws a crowd like a crowd right yep and and i'll build off your point scared money don't make money there you go yeah. Before we go, we got one more comment from the comment section. Wonka the Saint asking, "Will Denver attain a gentleman's sweep of Miami? Does anyone think else think the term gentleman's sweep is unnecessarily cruel? Uh, gentleman's sweep is becoming one of those terms that I absolutely abhor in sports. <laughs> but yes, I do think Denver puts the Miami Heat out of their misery tonight. I believe they're actually playing right now, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, but I think I think that tonight." NBA Finals is uh is over. We're gonna wrap things up, and Nick and uh, uh, Nicole Nikola Jokic is gonna be the the MVP of the playoffs. Yeah, My that's when it just didn't get, get much attention. Really, it was two markets and uh, whatever. Not a sexy, not two sexy teams at all. It's just and you kind you kind of had a feeling Denver was just gonna roll through that series a little bit. Uh, listen, as a former fat kid, and Nikola Nikola Jokic is also a former fat kid. <laughs> good for him. Awesome as he go. wins the MVP. And he actually they actually deserved the third straight NBA MVP if uh uh Joel Embiid didn't whine his way to it this year. Yeah. So we're gonna wrap things up tonight. Brent, I'm gonna give you the floor. Go ahead and promote your podcast. You had the floor for the next minute or two. Go right ahead, sir. Well, the fourteen twenty podcast. It was born down here in the Yankee Tavern North in Lethbridge, Alberta, in the uh, boredom <laughs> of COVID in two thousand twenty. We started just sitting around. The wife said, "You got to start doing something." Because we we're sitting around doing not a whole bunch, and there was four beer sitting in front of me, and there uh, a beer in Canada is three hundred fifty five millimeters, and three fifty five times four is fourteen twenty, and that's how it all started. So fourteen twenty sports. We have uh, we do a, a twice a week show uh, with uh, my friend Dave, who's long term time friend. We talk basketball, hockey football baseball and everything else in between it's like sitting around the uh, the sports bar bs and about sports and i got a morning show we do five times a week 14 20 in the morning where we sometimes go over the 14 minutes and 20 seconds of just talking some sports talking birthdays and holidays and on this day in the sports world so that's the uh that's the 1420 sports bar podcast for viewers sports talking a whole lot more everywhere where you get your podcasts there you go. Excellent. Excellent. And Brent, I want to thank you for filling in for Dustin being a pinch hitter today. Really do appreciate it. Dustin will be back next week on our usual time. But in the meantime, follow us on social media right down here below Twitter, Instagram, and at the scale of use TikTok at NoCredsREQ, Facebook.com forward slash NoCredsREQ, YouTube.com forward slash at NoCredsREQ. And as usual, if you're watching live, you're watching on replay, please do us a favor and smash that like button. And don't forget to smash responsibly on the podcast side. Subscribe 
on a myriad of podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Tune in wherever you podcast. Subscribe. Give us a listen. Rate and review. Five stars is preferred as the as the rating and review. If you leave a review, we might even read it on the air. So for my fill-in host, Brent, my name is Ryan McCarthy. I have been your host. We've been your co-host tonight of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We are presented by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. And we'll, t- we'll be back next week talking more sports as usual. So for Brent, I'm Ryan. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Have a good night, Ryan.